weary soul This bag of bones I try with all my might But I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting A vagabond Just when I ran out of the road I met a man choice but to believe my doubts are burning like ashes in the wind so so long to my old friends burden and bitterness you can just keep them moving now you ain't welcome here now till I walk streets of gold I'll sing of how you save my soul. This wayward son has found his way back. Oh, you picked me up, you turned me around, you placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master, I thank the savior, because you healed my heart, changed my name, forever free. I'm not the same. Tell us another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Tell us another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Tell us another one. Welcome, welcome to church. If you're new here, you have showed up to Victory Life Church in Chandler, a multi-site church, and we are blessed today to worship together. We're also blessed today to have Pastor Lee with us. He's going to bring us some word from God, not from anyone else. He usually does the word of God thing. And so welcome, Um, we're glad you're here. We're gonna pray and uh, continue to worship. Thank you, God, for pulling us up out of a grave. Thank you for waking us up this morning in whatever place we find ourselves in with our circumstances. We have breath in our lungs. We have a community to come to. We have 
freedom to worship inside of. We have so many things to be thankful for. And so, Holy Spirit, would you stir gratitude in us today? We know that gratitude is not some sort of rain shower that falls on us without our participation, that it is our choice. It's our choice today to choose thankfulness or grumbling, to choose gratitude or complaining. And so as we sing, would you stir gratitude in this house? Would you remind us of your goodness? Our Father, who is in the heavens, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not to temptation. Deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, glory forever. Oh 
about lives changed and healed Jesus you change everything and I think if any of us are here today and we feel like not changed by Jesus I think that's we have to be careful that's probably on us more so than it is on Jesus It's really easy in our day and age to kind of transform Jesus into the genie in a bottle where we have control over him. And that's just really not the way it works. And uh, sometimes he changes the mountains and sometimes he moves them and sometimes he walks up those mountains with us. we don't get to be the ones who choose which of those it is obviously we all want um, the mountain to move but he told us that we would have trouble in this world but he defeated death so in the worst case scenario you still have victory not much more that we could ask from him than to hang on that cross for us 
And so we want to take some time to recognize that scripturally we should give back to him. Uh, And one way we do that is with offerings and tithes. And if this isn't your home church and you're new today, you're visiting today, we don't expect anything from you. Um, But I think if we want to disciple well, then we have to learn to give. And it's sometimes easier in seasons and sometimes it's harder. But we want to give and we want, um, you've got these different ways to give up on the screen. Um, we've got the lime green box in the back on the wall. We've got the buckets up here. and um, We're going to sing one more song. You're welcome to place your tithe um, and offerings in the buckets during that song. You can also give on the app. Um, but we just, we want to give out of the right motivation. We want to give out of a heart that is full of gratitude, a heart that's releasing control and willing to see that uh, he really is the giver of every good and perfect gift. So Jesus, would you bless the offerings that come today? Would you use them in ways that we don't know how? We trust you with our our money and our gifts and our talents. And we love you. Amen. gonna sing till my heart starts changing oh I'm gonna worship till I mean every word cause the way I feel and the fear I'm facing doesn't change who you are or what you deserve I give you my worship You still deserve it You're worthy You're worthy You're worthy of my song I pour out your praises Blessing and breaking You're worthy You're worthy You're worthy of my song gonna live I'm gonna live like my king is risen gonna preach to my soul that you've already won and even though I can't see it I'm gonna keep believing that every promise you
Say again. Amen. I'll apologize right now because I'm afraid I'm going to blubber. But um, we have we've had a kind of a scary song set. We talk about chains, talk about fear, and those things going away. But I mean, you think why do we have them in the first place? And uh, 
I'm glad that we're delivered, but that's scary. When we talk about through the blessing and the pain, y'all be seated. How many of you have heard of Fanny Bryce? Really, not just ears opened up. Any kind of, of healing, or not just healing of our body, that's a small thing sometimes compared to healing of our emotions and our mind and everything else. Healing of the past pains that we've had through the blessing and the pain. Fanny Bryce was a lady that was born in the late 1800s and she wrote songs, hundreds and hundreds of songs. And in every major hymnal, whether you went to the Baptist church or the Methodist church or the Church of Christ or anywhere, she had more songs in the hymnal than any other person. And she was blinded when she was three years old because of a treatment that she had for uh, a fever. And she was blinded. And from the, but she still wrote all these songs. And you know what she wrote about more than anything else? Seeing Jesus face to face. The, the first thing that she see in her life was Jesus' face. She sang about the things that she'd see all the time. Did she ever see that in her in her, the life that she walked on this earth? No, but she still had that faith. She could sing in the blessing and the pain, you are worthy. And that's the only place change comes. And we believe as a church that we exist to see people transformed, not just changed, transformed by Jesus. And that, that's what we sung about all this, all this morning. When I remember the first time I heard chains fall, fear bows at the name of Jesus. I, the first time I heard that song, I was in Colorado at a minister's conference at Karis. First time I ever heard it. And it, and it broke me because I realized that even though I was blessed in my life, there are still things that were holding me back. And th- that song, not, not that it's the word, but it is, it's speaking the truth of the word that chains fall. Fear is bound in Jesus. And I know that there's people here right now. I mean, I, I was talking to my son yesterday, and then I was talking to a friend of Jeff's yesterday also about the, the struggle that people are going through today and how God wants to change that in your life. Man, if we'll just let go, if we'll just quit trying so hard. I mean, you know, when we've had kids that were trying to learn how to swim and they're just holding on to you and they're trying to control it on their own. And if they'll just let go and let us help them, we can show them how to flow and how to paddle and all those kind of things. That's what we've got to do with God too. Amen. All right, y'all be seated. Okay. I've got a couple of announcements that I want to remind you of this morning. Um, Man, good worship. I'm glad Pastor Lee's preaching because my voice is gone. I've done sung myself happy. First, I want to remind you that unity in the community is August the 19th. Um, And if you got shirts for that, or even if you didn't and you'd like to help with um, all the activities that we're going to be, our church has participated in that for several years. I mean, seven, six, seven years, something like that. Uh, I'm looking at Miss Tina for the answer since Pam's not here. Um, so, and uh, Tina Wood has been the person that has been the liaison for us for, for all that. And uh, it's an awesome Saturday that we recognize how much unity there is in this community, regardless of your the church you go to, regardless of your uh ethnic background or or socioeconomic background or whatever everybody is one that day we have an awesome time we eat together we do praise together we play outside together and it doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees there's going to be misters and all that kind of stuff and lots of shade at down at um, Tillman Park 
And so it's going to be awesome August the 19th. Um, next Sunday, next Monday, Monday a week is the beginning of Jubilee, August, uh, July 31st through August 4th. If you've never uh, seen or taken part in that, it's when all the locations that Brent mentioned earlier, we all come together in one place once a year. And so if you could do that, you check that out. Uh, it's on the uh, flow page and on our, on our Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. Lastly, but most importantly for me, Super Sunday is next week. I'm going to be wearing my shorts that day. Um, it's going to be about a million degrees outside, and uh, but we're still going to have fun. We've got bounce houses. We've got water stuff. We've got all kinds of games we're going to play. We're also going to dedicate six or six dozen children. I'm not sure, but um, that's going to be an awesome time, and um, you'll want to be part of that. Pam said, announce diapers and wipes. We're having a diaper wipe shower because we've got like five brand new babies. I mean, Cora's back there, and she, uh, I think we've already done her diaper shower thing, but we're going to share all those diapers with all the new babies that we have and bless those people. So that happens next Sunday, July 30th, all right? I want you to take about five minutes and come back for a word from Pastor Lee right here, my friend, and it's going to be awesome. So take five. One, two, three. Well, good morning. If you could, find your seats. I know um, you are not expecting me. Uh, Neither was Pastor Steve. (laughs) So we just had so many changes, and there's just been some disruption in schedule, and so he didn't even know I was coming. Uh, You didn't either. Maybe that's why you're here. Fooled you. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word and just the power of your word to transform us into the image of Jesus. Father, we need image bearers on this earth. We need men and women of God who will share their faith. And Father, we just thank you for changing us and making us more like you every day. We thank you for it and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I'm going to begin reading in verse 10. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Jesus, lest Satan should take an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Amen. Amen. We are not ignorant of his devices. Now, I never saw the show, but I did see the advertisement. That's why I never saw the show. But years back, there was this show called A Thousand Ways to Die. And it was just basically, every day we face opportunities for our life to be taken from us. And they, uh, people got electrocuted, car accidents, just weird stuff happened. But we have a spiritual enemy as well who has set up traps for you and I. Every day, you and I walk through a landmine of traps the enemy has set for us. Most of the ones that we preach on, everybody knows about drugs, alcohol, pornography, anger, offense, pride. But there's others that are not so recognizable, but but just as dangerous. Jealousy. One I have found lately that has made its way to the surface is just loneliness. And people feeling alone, even in the midst of a crowd. The enemy can make you feel like you're all alone in this battle, this Christian battle that you and I face every day. And you can be in a church and still feel isolated. I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible says about the devil, that he's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. And separating the sheep from the flock is how the wolf works. He separates that sheep from the flock, and that's the one that gets devoured and eaten. I've always told it this way to people. It's the banana that gets separated from the bunch that gets peeled and eaten. Right? Loneliness is a big deal. Did you know they've recently done studies and found that your physical body, the injuries to your physical body from feeling alone are worse than cigarettes? A bunch of cigarettes, yes. It's a bad, bad deal. And yet, if you haven't learned anything through the COVID thing, have we not learned 
how deadly feeling alone really is. How desperate we become for fellowship and we need, you know, one another. But I'm having, you guys did an awesome job with worship, by the way. I just, you guys have amazing worship here. But one of the things Brent said that is also a, a trick, and that's just being unthankful. Do you know in Romans chapter 1 where it talks about a person who goes from knowing God, loving God, to a complete state of apostasy, having turned against God in every way you can. The Bible says they're turned over to, to have things happen in their flesh, and men love men, and women love women, and all that stuff. Two steps, the first two steps to complete apostasy, walking away from God entirely. The first one is they wouldn't acknowledge God as God. We have to remember that God is God. When I went to Bible school, one of my favorite teachers used to start the class every day. I was saying, there are two things you need to know. There is a God, and you're not him. And I loved that. I really did love that. So the first thing, the first step to walking away from God is not acknowledging that God is God. But the second thing is not drugs. It's not pornography. It's not hate. It's not jealousy. It's not offense, even though all those things are dangerous. The second step, neither were they thankful? That blows my mind. That arrests my soul. When I think about all the things that could take us away from God, one of the main things is not being thankful. Beloved, we live in America. If you don't have anything else to be thankful for, you need to be thankful you live in America. I've been in foreign countries at least four or five times now, And I'm telling you what, you just have to go to another country to realize how blessed we are here in America. I went to Uganda to preach one time, and they've heard a lot of salvation messages, but not very many people have taught them how to grow up, how to to mature in God. So I wanted to do a message on, it's more than just getting saved. You have to continue to walk with God, and you got to grow up. God wants you and I to grow up. And so one of my examples that I use in America is if you're 15 years old and you're still in a diaper, something's wrong, right? You haven't matured. They've never even seen a diaper. The people I was preaching to had no clue what a diaper was. Has has that hit you yet? They, They don't. My second example is if you're 20 years old and you're on a pacifier, something is wrong. But guess what? They didn't know what a pacifier was either. It takes being other places to realize how much stuff we take for granted. Do you know when you leave here, many of you are going to go to a restaurant and somebody is going to serve you food that you asked for the way you asked for it. The only people who used to be served that way throughout history were kings. Yeah. Are you thankful yet? (laughs) I mean... You have AC. You need to be in Africa where it's 112 and there's no AC anywhere before you can really appreciate, hey, turn it up, I'm a little bit warm. Neither were they thankful. The enemy doesn't need any new tricks, beloved. The old tricks work really, really well. Let's read it again. Let's read verse... 11, we have to forgive lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We need to forgive because unforgiveness gives Satan an advantage. Now, I don't know about you, but he's doing a pretty good job of beating up on me without me giving him an advantage. Have you ever had to fight with a disadvantage? Fights are hard enough, but if you have to put one hand behind your back or one foot tied or something, you have a disadvantage, it's really hard to win a battle that way. Unforgiveness is one of those traps the enemy sets for you and I we need to be careful of. We need to forgive because we've been forgiven. But if forgiveness was easy, we wouldn't need the power of God to do it. Forgiveness is simple. It's a simple thing. You've been forgiven a million dollars, forgive that $10 debt. It's a real simple concept. But simple and easy are not the same thing. It is not easy. I don't know if you know this or not, but everything God has asked you and I to do, we need his power to do it. 
We can't forgive on our own. Listen, the Lord showed me a lesson the other day. It's going to be a whole new message later, but the Lord asked me to serve somebody that I genuinely, genuinely love. And he asked me to do the thing I hate worst. There's only one thing I hate worse than weed eating. And that's fixing the weed eater before I can weed eat. And I had to do both to bless this brother. But I was happy to serve this individual because I love him. And I want him to know I will do what I hate the most to demonstrate I'm for you. So I served. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, how can you love your enemy if you won't do what you don't like for those you love? How can you do what you don't like for those you don't love if you won't even do it for those you do love? So we have to exercise some muscles of submission to God. And I was so, I'm literally, I'm weed eating. It's 108 outside and I'm not 20 anymore. And I'm weed eating. And these things are, I mean, they're four foot tall. I'm weeding, I got trees growing up, I'm weeding. But I was so excited because the Lord is speaking to me. And here's what happened next. I hope you get this. My wife got it immediately. I'm this, I'm this, we've got about a half an acre. I'm weed eating. It's around a pond that I'm weed eating. And I talked to the, the spouse and I said, is it okay if I come again tomorrow? She said, yes, but could you weed it on the other side? That's where we really need it. Now listen, this is free gratis, right? Now I don't want you weed eating over here. That's grateful. Thank you. But can you do it over here? And I got so excited it actually wound me up because it's like the Lord spoke to me again. And what he said was, you were doing for another what felt good to you, but it wasn't what they needed. This would feel good to them. You know, if you're doing something for your pastor, and I think you ought to do things for your pastors and your leaders all the time. I, I, I'm not putting that down. But if you do something for them, And it makes you feel good to do it. That's kudos to you. But what if that's not what he really needed? What if what he needed was something that didn't feel good to you? We need to stop doing what feels good to us so much and do what is good. Like humble ourselves. Serve others. Put others first. Are you listening to me? He says, forgive. Let Satan get an advantage. I don't want Satan... To have an advantage over me. But here's something he said that's translated in our day and time differently than as it was written. He said, lest Satan should get an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. See, we read that now and we go, see there, I knew that iPhone was the devil. Look at those devices. That's not, that's not how the word is translated. The the word devices is the word purpose, intent. Now, I want to ask you a question. What makes a mousetrap work? Have you ever used a mousetrap? Don't answer. It's better if you don't. I'll answer it for you. What makes a mousetrap work? Now, a mousetrap has five parts. It has the base... It has the hammer that hits the mouse when it goes off. It has the spring. It has the holdover bar and the scandal on, or the place that puts, you put the bait on. And these five things don't make the mouse trap work. Someone said to me one time, well, it's the bait. The bait makes the mouse trap work. Nope, it's not even the bait. What makes the mousetrap work is ignorance. The mouse does not know what the intent of the trap is. Now, short story, but it's a good one. When I was 15, I saw a mouse run down the wall of my room and into a little hole in the corner. And I called my dad. I said, Dad, I just saw a mouse. I saw where he went in. He said, okay. So he got a mouse trap. I don't know what you guys use in yours. We use peanut butter on ours. 
And so he put peanut butter on that trap and he set it by that. Well, <laughs> please forgive me. I'm 15 and I'm a boy. So I got a flashlight and I'm just waiting. I, I've got the covers and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. Snap! Man, I turned that flashlight on. You know what was in the trap? A tail. That mouse had spun so fast that when the hammer came down, it cut his tail smooth off. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think that hurt? You bet it did. You lose a digit. It hurts. Dad reset the trap. I always say that mouse came back for his tail, but that's not true. (laughs) Took about 20 minutes. Bam, and then I heard flop, 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 turn the light on. That mouse just flopping, killed him dead. Was it the same mouse? Same mouse. And you know how I know it? He was missing his tail. That's exactly right. You know what the problem with most sin in our life? Is we've had some pain, but not enough to not come back. See, the intent of the trap never changed. The intent of the trap was always to kill that mouse. It missed its mark the first time. But the mouse didn't know that. The mouse thought it was a free meal. And yes, the mouse had pain, but it wasn't enough pain to not come back. You know, most of us have had pain in our marriage, but not enough to actually change. Most of us have had pain in other areas. We've had things that have cost us relationships, have cost us things that were painful. But we keep going back. Why? Not enough pain. We don't know the intent of the trap. Read a story one time about a guy that was pretty well off, really well off. You'll know how well off he was by the story. And he had horses, new truck, He lived pretty far out of town on a big old ranch. He would take the saddles, the new saddles that he bought for his horse, and he would throw them over the fender well of the back of that truck. And he had lost three saddles in a month. And he just bought another saddle and threw it over the fender well of his truck. Why is that? Because he could afford it. What? For me, it'd be one saddle. I would learn my lesson because I can't afford three saddles a month. I don't know about you. When I was, I don't know, 17, I guess, I helped my granddad tear apart a barn. And we were on the roof. I was on the roof. He was down. And we were taking off boards and throwing them. And I jumped down off of the rafters and landed on a board that had a nail sticking in it. I've had pain. I've had... Have you had rocks in your shoe? It's like, oh, you feel that? How far do you walk before you stop and get the rock out of your shoe? Well, it depends on how much pain it's giving you. Most of us walk to a bench or a sidewalk or someplace where we can sit down, and then we take our shoe and shake it out, and there's that little bit of rock goes out. But you know, when I landed on that nail, there wasn't even any thoughts about moving 20 or 40 steps and finally removing the nail. There was so much pain, I needed relief right now. And my granddad was really smart. It went right through my, my tennis shoe, you know, into my heel. My granddad took the crowbar, popped that thing off my foot while I was still numb. Then I went and got a shot so I didn't get tetanus and all that kind of stuff. The trap works not because of the bait, not because of the spring, not because of the hammer, the base, or any of these other things. The trap works because the mouse doesn't know the intent of the trap. John 10.10 The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't have any other motives, beloved. That is the enemy's mindset. That is his purpose. That is his intent. Now, listen to me. I don't want to pick on anybody, so I'll pick on everybody. That little spat you have in your marriage, the enemy's not trying to cause you a little bit of trouble in your marriage. He's trying to ruin your marriage. He's trying to end your marriage. That little incident you have with your son or your daughter where you feel like the bridge is being burnt. The intent of that is not to cause you a little bit of struggle with your children. 
It's to separate you from your children. That's how the wolf works. That unhappiness that you have, that inability to be thankful, seems like a small thing. But the intent of the trap is to steal, kill, and destroy. He has no other motive. And you have to know that. Now, I, I've looked around. There's some pretty good-sized fellows in here. Got some, been eating you Wheaties. One of the things I learned early on, because I'm small, is that I can't let the big guys get an advantage. If they ever get a hold of me, I'm done. I used to box with the Golden Gloves champion of River Rouge, Michigan. River Rouge is a, a subdivision of Detroit. He lived across the street from me in the summers because he lived with his grandparents, and he would come over and we would box. And I'm telling you, getting a right arm, a right hook from that guy was like getting hit with a tree trunk. Pow! Because he was so much bigger than me. But I was fast. And I could hit him about three times before he even knew what was going on. Bap, bap, bap. I learned early on not to let him have an advantage or I'd lose the battle. You know, the other thing about being small is that if my life was on the line, it takes on a whole new venue. You see, if, if I was going to... Uh, Pastor Steve and I, we got to wrestle not too long back. Because he's the only guy that's even close to my age and close to my size. Everybody else is bigger and stronger and younger. So it wasn't for real, but it was for real. And we got to wrestle together. And I forgot... I, I'm going to expose your pastor. He is ticklish. And in this jujitsu move, I'm supposed to put my arm around him in this particular place. And he started laughing. And then I started laughing. There was no wrestling going on. It was just too funny. But if he thought his life was on the line, it'd be a whole other story. We had an individual in our school. I won't tell you his name. But he was probably the most effeminate person in our school. It was long before we knew anything about transgender and all that kind of stuff. And he wasn't homosexual, but he was as close to that as you get and still be male. And in our school, the gym doors only opened from the inside out. You couldn't come in from the outside hallways. A gym teacher uh, had to let you in so that the guys couldn't come in when the girls were there and the girls come in, with all that kind of stuff. Well, they decided, while he was taking a shower, four men from the football team were going to take him and throw him outside the hallway just before the bell and close the door. Now, this is the most effeminate man I'd ever knew in my life. And four football players told him what they were going to do. (laughs) They went away naked and bleeding. He turned everything but loose with them. I mean, he went completely ballistic. He bit, he scratched, he poked. Wasn't wasn't anything Queensbury rules about it. But they failed miserably because he knew the cost. You know why we don't fight a good spiritual battle? We don't really believe the cost. We don't understand the intent of of the enemy. See, when you realize that little spout, spat, I guess you have with your spouse, is what we call it, the enemy's not just trying to get you a little aggravated at one another or you kiss and make up. He's trying to build a wall, one brick at a time. Can I, can I tell you, the enemy's trying to separate us from our children. And he's using everything he can to make us feel separated and that they don't listen to us and they don't understand us and all these things. The intent of the trap is to steal, kill, and destroy. There there is no bad hair day in the devil's mind. See, if it was just about bad hair days, bald people would never have a bad day. You and I have to understand like this gentleman who was going to be thrown out and exposed to the, to the world. There's more at stake here 
We have to understand the intent of the trap is not to cut off our tail. It's not to give us a little bit of pain. Can I tell you one of the things you have to be careful of in church? Offense. If the enemy can get you offended at your pastor, the devil has won. Because you cannot receive from people you are offended at. You know the story of Jesus where he said he couldn't do any mighty works? If you'll read just a little bit ahead of that, before that you'll find it. And they were offended at him. That's why they couldn't receive from him. If the enemy can get you offended at a leader, if the enemy can get you offended at Pastor Dwayne or Pastor Jacob or Pastor Steve or myself, well, I I didn't know he was going to be there. I was wanting to hear from Steve. If you get offended at that, you can't receive from me. And I'm going to tell you something. It'll, It'll be exactly what you needed, but you'll miss it because you're offended. Now, I'm really going to... I'm really going to delve here. Some of you can't receive because you can't receive from a woman. Ain't no woman ever going to teach me. Did you tell your grandma that? Can I challenge you for just a second? I don't know why I ask. I'm going to do it anyway. Have you thought about we send our children to mostly women on Sunday school, right? They're mostly women teachers. There are some men as all, but generally women, when our children are the most formable, when they're the most willing to receive and change, we send them to women. But then when they can finally think on their own, we say, no, women can't teach them. Where is the wisdom in that? You know, some of you are going to miss your miracle from God if you have an attitude about women because God will be sure to send a woman. I remember people being offended at the long-haired hippies coming to church. And they would get mad because that long-haired hippie sat in front of them. There's a reason that long-haired hippie sat in front of you. Because God loves you. And God's trying to get you over yourself. God's trying to show you to receive from anyone. One of the things I love about victory is that every location I go to, We can have somebody there in a three-piece suit sitting next to somebody in overalls. And I love that. I love the fact that I can go to any town where we have a church and invite people to church and know they're going to be accepted. Did you notice Brett had sandals on today? I love that. You know why? Because when I first got saved, that's one of the first things they tried to take away from me is my sandals. See, you can ask my wife. I was wild and crazy, not like now. And I loved my motorcycles. Just recently sold my last motorcycle, but I love riding a motorcycle. When I got saved, I rode a motorcycle, and I came to church with sandals. And I got saved one Sunday, spirit-filled the following Sunday, and then they began immediately to try to change me. Put on some decent shoes, son. Get off that motorcycle. They really freaked out when they found out I had a waterbed. <laughs> we've, we've got to understand the intent of the enemy is to get you offended. Your name wasn't mentioned. You didn't get to sing that song. You didn't get to do that thing. Nobody recognized what you did that, that Sunday. The enemy is continually trying to get you and I to be offended at stuff. Because once we get offended, we can't receive from them. Whatever trap the enemy has set for you, he doesn't need any new ones. He knows where your weaknesses are. You and I just have to understand there's a grace from God and an ability to walk away from that if we so choose. Because now we understand the intent of the trap. We got to be smarter than the mouse, beloved. Don't come back for your tail. Because the intent of the trap hasn't changed. The intent is to steal, kill, and destroy. You guys have a wonderful church. And you need to be grateful for it. I've been 
other places where they would give anything, I mean anything, to have what you have here. When I went to Uganda, I got a chance to speak to about 250 pastors. These are leaders in the community, 250 pastors. Four of them had a Bible. Four of them had a Bible. And one of those Bibles wasn't even in a language he could understand. He just had it because he knew it was a Bible and it was precious to him. And so he had it and clung to it. We got a chance to give every one of those pastors a Bible. Where would you be, beloved, without your Bible? Where would you be? I mean, I love God with all of my heart and have from the day I committed to that. But I can't tell you where I would be without a Bible. I would be left to believing what's on Christian radio. And if you want to get messed up, just listen to Christian radio. And I'll tell you why. When I was growing up, it's different now, but when I was growing up as a Christian, they had talk radio, Christian radio, all day long. Well, I didn't know that one was a Church of Christ, and one was a Baptist, and one was Spirit-filled, and one was a Charismatic, and one was a Charismatic, and one was a... I didn't know. And you talk about confusion. Because one is teaching it this way, and another is teaching it that way. Where would you be if you didn't have this church? Where would you be if you didn't have a Bible? Where would you be if you didn't have the friends around you to help look at what's going on in your life and warn you if they saw something was kind of dangerous? I'm so grateful for people who care about me. I mean, really care about me. They're not just trying to make my life hard. That if I got off, I'm telling you, your pastor loves me. If he saw me getting off, he would say something. And he has open door to do so. Because nobody's beyond the traps. The instant you think, I would never do that, you are one step closer. I'm done. Going longer doesn't make it better. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm so grateful for a pastor that didn't get offended when his Sunday changed. I'm so grateful for a church that didn't get offended because somebody else shared. If you're here, I don't know everybody here. So I want to make sure and ask. If you're here today and you've never given your heart to the Lord, never been born again, the invitation today is to become a part of God's family. Psalm 68, 6. The Lord puts the lonely in families. That's what God is asking you to be a part of, a part of His family. And listen, it's really even not about sin. Sin has been paid for. It's about a relationship. So if you're here today and you've never given your heart to God, I want to give you the invitation. Pastor Lee, today's my day to give my heart to Jesus. I feel the Holy Spirit nudging me to do so. Would you just lift up your hand? I don't need any courtesy hands. Just someone really means it. All right, that's what I thought. Everybody's been given that opportunity then. So I want to ask one thing. The Lord didn't send me here to speak this message to the chairs. You're here for a reason. If something in the message spoke to you and you realize... And I've got to be smarter than that mouse. I've got to realize the intent of the trap set in my life, and I need, to, I need to avoid those, knowing his intent hasn't changed. If something spoke to you and you realize there are some things I need to change in my life, and you just want the grace of God to be able to change those things, I want to pray for you. If that's you, I need you to raise your hand right now and be bold. I thank you for honest hands. Father, In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God. We all have chinks in our armor. We all have areas that the enemy knows we are susceptible to. We're all tempted by our own desires, Father God. I've never been tempted to steal a camel like somebody in Iraq. We're all tempted in those things that we're weak in. And so, Father, I thank you that we understand today, Father God, the intent of the trap has never changed. And we want to avoid that and fight a good fight, Lord God, because we know what's at stake. Because what's at stake today is the world you've put us in. 
What's at stake is thousands and thousands and literally tens of thousands of lives never coming to Jesus if we don't do our job. Father, we thank you for equipping us to walk away, Father God, understanding we don't have to go back to the trap. And that we've been set free so we can help others be free. Father, we thank you for it and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, if you got anything out of that, give the Lord a hand clap. If not, they're free to go. Just remember, Super Sundays next week. It's gonna be, it's gonna be an awesome time. We've already got several of you have already signed up. There's a link on one of the tables. There's a QR code with a link to the Flow page, and uh, Pam has also put in the bulletin or the newsletter to. Uh, how to sign up for to bring extra stuff so that's next Sunday be here or be square all right God bless you